like jazz. <laughs> oh, I recognise it. You like jazz. Um, can you know what it is, Dad? No. I recognise it. Were we watching it earlier? No. Okay. Oh, go on, tell us what it is. Barry B. Benson. Yeah. He you mentioned the movie. Yeah. Oh, is it? Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, no, I know. I know, mate. I've watched it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise it was that, though. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Good Thanks. one. Speaking of which, Jerry the Bee wanted to be set free. Renton was shitting himself about Beg Bee <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey be like, come to my theatre and watch a talent show. Noticing a theme, everybody? It's is all it, about the bees. Is it bees? It's all about the bees this week. We're doing bee moving. We're doing sing. We've seen T2, Trains, Botting. And uh, I think we've got the Evil Dead, haven't we? That's what I noted from the WhatsApp group. Yeah. You're telling me that uh, you don't want to talk about that. Oh, we're on the waterfront. And? Mi- Miyazaki Minute. Oh. Miyazaki Minute. Oh, yeah, Miyazaki Minute. I think there minute. might be some other things. Well, we've got the usual, we've got the usual features. We've got a quiz coming up. Yeah. And, um, and I'm joined by you two. Dodie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Joe Appleby's right. here as well. Yes. How are you, Joe? Yeah, I'm all right. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's start where we always start. Andy, how are you? We never ask you how you are. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Very good, thanks. Yeah, no and one does ever ask me. Coffee and cake. It's coffee, and, coffee cake. and cake podcast. We've got Jaffa Cakes this yeah. week and no coffee. Well, I had some coffee yesterday. <laughs> um, Costa. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had coffee at some point, but it doesn't mean, you know. I didn't. No. No. You shouldn't be here. Okay. Just riding on your coattails. So we're going to do made-up movies. That's where we normally start. Yeah. Made-up movies. Who's it first? First this week is Joe. Okay. And, and yeah. the film is... Do you have to explain the concept? Yeah, I will explain it. Thanks Thanks for uh, reminding me. So each week um, I set Dodie and Joe a film title and then they have to come up with a plot and a cast for this uh, film title uh-huh. um, and they need to put in as much effort as they warrant is justified. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Do you want Dodie to go first? No, I'll just do it. Okay, well, it's made up movies. Oh, Joe, you've you've made me more interested now because I thought you only had a paragraph a minute ago, but you've turned your page over. I've got a page okay. and a bit. So the film this week is The Night Wolf. Yeah. Isn't it? And we're going to pitch our ideas to Andy. Yeah, and I'm going to award points. And a point. Yeah, just the one, based on who comes up with my favourite. You could do it like a fighting talk style where like you just go, ah, oh, point, point, for anything that you Ooh, like. Oh, that's a good idea. Points? Yeah, I can come up with a system but for then you one, have, two or three then you points. Have to time us. And points off. Then you have to time us. What? Uh, no, because if you just do like a rubbish film... Yeah, but I could spend all week on off. it. Yeah, but you don't. You could spend all week on it and win anyway. Listen. Still only get one point at the end. I only award points for, how, for things I like in it. You could do a. You could re- talk for ten minutes mm. and score minus seventeen points because it's rubbish. Dodie could give me one paragraph. Well, that's touchdown. Seven points. Historically, that's not how it works. <laughs> well, it's not far off on the point scoring, is it? Anyway, um, let's hear what you got for the Night Wolf this week, Joe. Danny is a sixteen-year-old Doberman. All right. Yeah. That's old for a dog. No, in dog years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's got two in a bit. Two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes to high school in New York. He's a nobody. 
And uh, this is like a Disney movie of uh, anthropomorphic, morphic animals. Can yeah. I make a suggestion? Yeah. Opening scene. Yeah. It's a uh, Hall and Oates playing. <laughs> Doberman just walking down an avenue in New York City. He's walking down. He's walking down the hall. <laughs> yeah. He's got his backpack over one shoulder. Great. One kid pushes him. Lovely stuff. Like a bigger dog. Ding point. A, yeah. <laughs> yes. So his classmates are bears and mice and fish and, you know, his teacher is a mole called Mr. Bins. <laughs> uh, on the night of a lunar eclipse, he discovers... It's all sounding a bit familiar, this. ...that he has wolf powers where he can suddenly see through walls. <laughs> OK. Yeah? So he gets confused and he doesn't know what's going on in his life. Yeah. When the only wolf left in the world... Big Grey, uh, played by Willem Dafoe, uh, comes back from Japan and tells him he's his uncle <laughs> and that he's half wolf. Half wolf? All the other wolves are gone, but on the night of a lunar eclipse, he gets the wolf powers and he discovers that he's half wolf, yeah? Okay. He trains him in his wolf abilities sonic bark, heat vision, being <laughs> able to smile into the past, etc. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Meanwhile, Paul Giamatti's Steve, a praying mantis, is zapped by cosmic rays, which makes him go big, human-sized. Praying mantis. Um, <laughs> when he starts eating all the cities, birds, spiders, and snakes, the natural enemy of the mantis. You made that up? No. I've researched. researched. I researched it. Um, Danny's superhero, alter ego, the night wolf, has to stop him with fighting. <laughs> These things happen... Uh, he accidentally sonic barks in music class and <laughs> smashes the windows. Kevin Spacey's waistcoated vole music teacher is furious, but he looks furious. <laughs> but he then goes, that kid's got a hell of a voice, and gives him an A in music. <laughs> yeah. uh, he spies on his sexy hedgehog friend, played by Rashida Jones, with heat vision, and he gets... Can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely. As she's getting changed for gym gym class, uh, he gets caught by the hard ass gym teacher, uh, played by Jen. Mr. Jane, Woodcock. Jane Lynch, who's a meerkat, and he says he was just uh, examining the wall for termites, and he also has to do some kind of like wolf trial leap of faith. Um, I don't know what it is, but. Okay. Defoe pushes him to his, you know... It's at the end. Limits. So, yeah, it's basically like a Disney... Um, Zootropolis. Zootropolis, <laughs> but a uh, superhero movie. Hmm. Could be a spin-off for Zootropolis. I got a little bit lost in the middle. Well, this is just one of those... <laughs> his uncle coming back from Japan. Pretty Mantis turned up. <laughs> He's a villain. Is it? Uh, <laughs> he got zapped by Cosmic Rays and went really big, big and got that. started eating... But it didn't, he didn't come back into it. Oh, he fights him at the end. Oh, okay. So I thought that was. Um, <laughs> and then there was a fight at the end. <laughs> That's what movies are like. The end. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So it's it's one of those talking animal movies, but a superhero movie, kind of like Big Hero Six, but with animals. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Donald Glover plays the lead um, dog. Donald Glover. Yeah. I don't know who Donald Glover is. He's an actor slash rapper slash comedian. He's in Thirty Rock and Community. Oh, okay. Um, All right. 
Yeah. Atlanta. Good. Atlanta, yeah. Good. Good, Joe. Okay. Dodie, what have you got My for turn. us? I've got over two pages of typed here, so. Uh, the Night Wolf by buckle, Dodie Apple. Buckle in. Okay. Oh, yeah, there he is, Donald Glover. <sighs> Aziz Ansari. <laughs> Point. <laughs> is Oswald. I've had him before. Have you? Yeah. Don't care. A single man child in his 20s. He's a loner who, due to his late mother's inheritance, lives in a large old fashioned manor house outside NYC. He has a crippling fear of the dark and wanders around his huge house at night with the lights on. There are huge paintings around the house of his ancestors and each one scares the life out of him. He spends his evening sipping scotch in his dressing gown, depressed about his anxiety and lack of friends, specifically lack of a girlfriend to share his life and fortune with. Is he a talking dog? No, he's a man. A human. A human man. I said a single man child in his 20s. So one night during a storm, there is a power cut which lasts for hours and he spends the night cowering in his bedroom with candles casting huge shadows on the walls. He sees terrifying visions in the shadows and as dawn breaks, he vows never to never be afraid again. He searches online for a remedy to his phobias and tries, tries everything he can. He visits hypnotists, mediums, cranks and crackpots for a miracle cure to no avail. One of the doctors, played by J.K. Simmons... Uh, Wants him to like face up to his fears, so he locks him in a dark room and doesn't tell him how long it will be before he lets him out. Oswald freaks and starts to headbutt the wall, knocking himself unconscious. The doctor refuses to carry on treating him, describing Oswald as plain cuckoo. Whiplash. <laughs> Whiplash. One evening while watching TV, barely able to keep his eyes open, but wired from coffee and scotch, Oswald sees an advert for wolf extract. <laughs> Which goes a little bit like this. Are you tired of feeling scared all the time? <laughs> Fed up of being a sad, lonely loser with no friends? If, if this is you, then try our wolf extract. This stuff is so potent, it has been banned in 12 countries across Europe and Asia. The juice of 13 alpha male wolf glands is refined, concentrated and boosted with testosterone to create the ultimate confidence-building masculine elixir on the market today. <laughs> elixir. Uh, Ding. Yeah, <laughs> good to get that in. Don't just take our word for it. Look at our website to find hundreds of testimonials from our satisfied customers. As the ad continues to blare on, Oswald checks out the website. He sees a lot, lot uh, of a lot, lot of obviously fake testimonials from people and decides that it's clearly a nonsense. But he thinks he may as well try it as he has nothing to lose. Um, he orders several large bottles of pills and clicks on next day delivery. I forgot how much detail I went into here. Just you do go sit. into quite a lot of detail. We're about a third of the way into the movie right now. Yeah. Sounds like. He spends the night wide awake playing video games until the delivery arrives the following morning. He rips open the cab package and gobbles down two pills. Nothing happens, so he gobbles two more. Um, still nothing happens, so he reads the directions on the bottle. There is a warning which says, Take one pill per day. Do not exceed this dose as the side effects include rapid hair growth, sudden outbursts of anger and bestial urges. Oswald Oswald notices none of these effects but starts to feel drowsy. He lies down on the couch and falls into a deep sleep. He sleeps for a long time, dreaming of chasing beautiful women down a long corridor, the women always just out of his reach. Oswald wakes, feeling better than ever. His crippling fear is gone and he has a new desire to get out of the house, so he heads into New York for fun. He goes shopping, buying himself cool new jeans and a Negan-style leather jacket. He asks the beautiful shop assistant, Cheryl, for her number, which she gives up gladly. Once home, 
He tears down all the old paintings around the house, as they no longer hold any power over him. Feeling a newfound confidence, he puts on his new clothes and heads back into the city to find himself a lady. He hits the NY New York bar scene, club, uh, bar and club scene with a vengeance, partying all night with sexy ladies, popping wolf extract like there's no tomorrow. He wakes up in a strange bed with an exotic lady, but sneaks out as she sleeps. He wants no ties and wants to be able to do the whole thing over again the next night. Once home, he pops a few more pills and goes to sleep. This time, when he wakes, he is ravenous for meat. He raids his freezer and defrosts a leg of lamb and some steaks, polishing them off as they come out of the microwave. Raw, except for the slightly cooked edges. Oh, sorry. What's that? <laughs> 11 minute timer. Yeah. Where have I gone? Edges. Raw, apart from the edges. Yeah, it comes out, they come out a bit cooked, don't they? Yeah, the just meat. the edges. Um, he feels so alive and dons his outfit again. He phones Cheryl and arranges to meet her in the city. The date goes, wow, he is hilarious and she is obviously very interested in him. They discuss their childhood and he explains about his mother's death and his inheritance of the family home. He nips out to the toilet and pops another couple of pills. As he looks in the mirror, out of nowhere, his face explodes in searing pain. His head distorts and his head rapidly morphs into a wolf's head. The change happening into a, in a matter of seconds. The rest of his body remains human. Go. He tries to scream, but what comes out is a primal howl. Two drunk guys enter the toilet and take the piss out of him saying, Halloween is months away, dude. <laughs> uh, One of them Judge, judge Reinhold. It might be. But here's the uh, image that I've drawn for the film. This is the night wall. Movie poster. There he is. It's got a little logo up there. Oh, it's got a logo. Um, Look at that jacket. Negan style logo. Yeah. Um, very good, isn't it? So he panics and leaves the bar, making excuses with Cheryl via text message. Are you paying attention, message. Joe? I've got some art coming. I've ordered it. Have you? Yeah. You've ordered it? He's I getting his friend to do it. <laughs> For the Nightwolf? Yeah. They've commissioned um. a, a movie poster. This is great. You know it's got to turn up during the show in order to uh, contribute towards the win or not. I don't care about winning and losing. I just care about quality. Anyway, we're about halfway through the Sorry. Movie. <laughs> Halfway through. He panics and leaves the bar, making excuses with Cheryl via text message that he has a family crisis. He runs out of the city, staying in the shadows, and keeps going. Runs all the way home. In the bathroom at home, he studies his reflection and tries to pull out of his hair, out his hair. In desperation, he shaves it all off with his hair trimmer. His head now looks like the head of a hideous shaved dog. He flies into a rage, destroying half of his house before crashing, exhausted, into bed. He wakes to the to the destruction from the night before, but his head has returned to its human form. He tries to go back to the website where he bought the wolf extract, but it is nowhere to be found. He searches online and can find no sign or reference to the pills anywhere. The anxiety and depression starts to creep back as the day goes along. As old fears begin to bite, he decides to take another pill. Although he risks turning into the wolf, he has never felt so good as when he is on the wolf extract. As he swallows the pill, his head immediately changes to the wolf. This time he is calmer and decides that he can cope with having a wolf's head if he is happier and more confident. Oswald wants to party, but he has an obvious problem, his appearance. He finds a nightclub online that encourages fancy dress and elaborate costumes. He takes Cheryl to meet him there and tells her to dress wild. He pops a few pills and makes his way into the city. On the subway he gets loads of comments, but people obviously think he's wearing a costume. He meets Cheryl, who is dressed as a 16th century courtesan. Who's playing Cheryl? Um, I don't know. I, I hadn't, I hadn't uh, put anybody in. Okay. Boom. 
point up. <laughs> Damn it. She's amazed by his costume, and they go inside, and they have an amazing time drinking and dancing sexy. Oswald is popping more pills than ever. After a while, she becomes more forward, dragging him into the toilet. She asks him to take off the mask, but he refuses, saying it would be sexier if he keeps it on. They make aggressive, sweaty love in the cubicle. <laughs> he scratches her back to ribbons, but she doesn't notice. They decide to go back to her place, and she now demands he takes the mask off so she can kiss him. When he refuses again, she grabs his face hair and pulls. He yelps and snarls at her, scaring her. She realises in an instant that it's not a mask, and that he really does have a wolf's head. <laughs> but also that she's not, he's not the man she thought he was. She checks him from the house and Oswald is left out on the street to consider the choices he has made. He sends her a long message explaining everything, telling the whole truth and leaving nothing out. He says he understands if she never wants to see him again. Oswald vows to stop taking the pills and he slowly starts to fear everything once again. He becomes more reclusive than ever, spending the next few weeks in fear of his shadow. He sits in his underwear with a bottle, bottle of pills in front of him, staring at them, knowing he could end his torment in an instant. Just as he picks up a pill and is about to take it, there is a knock at the door. It's Cheryl. She, say, she says she expected the wolf to answer, but Oswald tells her that he has stopped taking the pills as it scared him and, well, you know, it made him have a wolf's head. <laughs> he apologises for scaring her and hiding his secret from her. He invites her in. She declines but says she would consider meeting him for a date should he want to ask her, on two conditions. He never takes the pills again and he gets rid of his ridiculous leather jacket. He agrees to both and feels optimistic for the future for the first time. And then it cuts to one year later. Oswald and Cheryl are dancing around a flashy nightclub, having an amazing time. They both look extremely happy and are completely in love. Both look at the camera as their heads both morph into wolf heads sim simultaneously. Ugh. They grin. Credits roll. <laughs> Good ending, mm. wasn't it? Good ending. If you're new to this feature, that was a very good snapshot of every week. <laughs> Joe essentially writes a short I give a, overview. I give a, a fun, jovial... Of a broken plot. ...kind of um, pitch. Light and loose. I'll leave the trailer. I'll leave you wanting more. A light that's and what, loose that's what my yeah, version with things that happen. Which Dod is good. Dodie pommels you with plot points. Essentially writes a short minutes. story. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you could put all of yours together as short, short stories. Of, of shorts. Hmm? It would short be quite story. good. You could put all yours together for short stories. They're that full. That must have been like four pages. No, two and a bit. That was good though. Yeah, it was good. They're actually both both good because you are got a lot of detail out of yours, Dodes. Mm. Good plot. Did feel a little bit like a plot that we've uh, seen before. A bit familiar. Yeah. All of mine like that. Teen mm. Wolf. But you're... Teen Wolf, a bit of Limitless in there. Yeah, Limitless. Yeah, there was a bit of Limitless. Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, quite, I'm struggling a little bit here because um, I kind of wanted to hear more of Joe's. Oh. But now you've got to judge that. Basically, you yeah. said Superheroes, Zootropolis. Hero. Superheroes <laughs> sounds like a cereal that should be made. Super cereals. Superheroes. Could be millionaires with that. Yeah, Joe, I've got to give Dodie the points because I tell you for why. Because if I was to give you the points, what kind of message would I be sending <laughs> out there? Hey, what kind of message? Relief. You've got to learn. I was a bit worried there, Andy, for a minute. Well, you know. Where are we? Don't know how many times you have Maybe to say we'll it. just put a warning at the start. Skip, mm -hmm. skip ahead ten minutes if you um <laughs> if you want to enjoy the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, before Dodie's. Before Dodie's. Did you not enjoy uh, that? Yeah, it's a little long. I a thought, bit of but, a, um, I think it was one of the longer ones that you've done, mate. It is, it is. 
I don't know why I let it get out of control. You did There's a lot lots in there of things. Need you, lots of things like there was a bit about he did he play video games or something? Passed the time by doing something. Describes how he passed the time. I mean, that, that's a movie. That's point. a whole. I think. I think. Movie. Yeah. Because in my head, I feel the need to. I have to explain things. Why things happen. Yeah. And yeah. Like, so it just fills it with stuff that's not really. It's all right. Plot points. It's all right. It was so good I was thinking, Oh, it'd be good if this happens, and then I sort of think, oh, what, what has to happen for that to happen? Next week, I'm I'm gonna do the uh, I'm gonna do the various points for for the thing. Okay. Get yourself a little buzzer. Or yeah, something. I might get a little. I'll probably download a little sound effects thing. Oh yeah. Three. Th- you, there'll be four noises. But then we're just gonna. No, three noises. Cater our pitches entirely to that. Well, that's the point. Jeff Goldblum in. In a Hawaiian show. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> in the 80s. No, no, because yeah, too much pandering will be points air off. Air traffic controller. It? Oh, okay. <laughs> talked about this. Too much pandering will be points off. If it's obvious pandering. But I can't, I'm not going to I'm not gonna points off for a good casting. Okay. Am I? If, if Jeff Goldblum naturally fits into the... If he fits into the role, you get points. If okay. you're putting him in there ridiculously, then... Anyway. Sorry, I feel like there's a little, little meme there, Dodie. No, well, it's, it's okay. good. It's, it's okay. good, healthy. Uh, you know, aggression. that, that deserves uh, some credit, though. Yeah, he also did draw a picture. Yeah, I mean, you've got someone else to draw a picture that's not here. Even looks a little bit like Aziz Ansari. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know the way the shoulders are. Very broad shoulders on that. Um, on that wolf. Anyway, should we do? Um, should we do the big film? Film reviews. Film, should we do a few film reviews, shall oh, we? All right. <laughs> 25 minutes in. Yeah. Come on in. We are nearly 25 minutes in. That's the longest made-up movies ever. Sorry. No, no, it's good. It's good, healthy. Uh, T2. T2. Let's start with T2. Um, uh, T2. Trainspotting 2. Um, mm. Renton comes back to Edinburgh. I'm not going to explain the first one because can't be bothered. But if you haven't seen the first basically, one... Basically, Renton screws over all his friends in, in Edinburgh and then leaves at the end of the first film, mm-hmm. steals money off them, and then he's, he's back 20 years later, back to Edinburgh. He's back. And all this kind of scumbag friends are uh, a little un- displeased with him. Well, they're all in different places, aren't they? So Renton's been in Amsterdam. Begbie's imprisoned, about soon to get out. Spud is still kind of battling heroin and uh, mm-hmm. um, trying to salvage like a relationship with his uh, son and the love of his life. We Fergus. And what's her name? I can't remember her name. Gail. She's Shirley. What's her name? Her actual name? Shirley. Something. Shirley something or other. She's brilliant. She's a brilliant actress. Mm. And um, Sick Boy is running uh, running scams from his aunt's pub that he now owns or runs. Yeah, he's black. He's like blackmailing people with his prostitute girlfriend yeah and he uh he wants to set up a brothel um so the story kind of focuses on sick boy and renton setting up this brothel and and um and begbie looking for renton or his kind of him feeding back into it and but but and spud is kind of at the center of all the different relationships and things going on isn't he it's uh it's loosely based on the the book the sequel to the first book, which is called Porno. Well, not not that much though. Loosely, only the idea that Renton's come back. Loosely, not happy. that's about it. Well, I think there's a the thing about them running the scheme together, the brothel, but it doesn't really take centre stage like like the scheme does in the book, which is about Sick Boy and his uh, adult movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
It takes a lot of liberties, doesn't it, with the plot of the book? It's nothing like the book. No. Nothing like the book at all. And I think it lost a little bit from that. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was good. I felt like it could have done um I felt like it should have been a bit more loyal to the book, but that's because I think the book's so good. Mm. It was really good to spend time with those characters mm. again. Yeah. Um Spud was a standout really. He's great, isn't he? Yeah. He's um the most interesting character. But he's so prominent in all of the books and yeah. actually in the uh bit of a side character in the film isn't in the it? first film he's a bit of a side yeah. character but he should be more centre stage because th- we were saying afterwards he kind of grounds the whole group with realism there's some me. big like really funny moments in it really funny yeah and the music's good in the new one yeah yeah I thought there was some really good moments what did you think Joe because you're not like because the thing is we we, me we and Daddy like adore the books, the books and, yeah. and, and probably the first film as well mm. but um, yeah I probably enjoyed I maybe enjoyed the film a bit, bit more than you guys because I didn't have as much mm. invested in it at the time. Um, I, I was feeling kind of anxious. I think I had too much coffee or something, and um, it was. I felt nervous throughout the whole thing because <laughs> there was always something horrible was going to happen. But that never did, did it? That's it the never, thing. Never really did. No. no, that's the thing I've got. Like it, it lacked those kind of full, horrific, outrageous moments that are in the first film and the books and in this there wasn't any of those it's tense um, moment, but like there's none of that like real hardcore stuff from the first one I'd say they make they, yeah they build the tension in certain parts of it but actually um, yeah not in the way that it's not even about building the tension it's the it's the shocking moments yeah. so there were some no, like really. really shocking moments in the first film mm. the baby and the yeah. They're kind of just some of the drug taking scenes and um, the shit, the toilet. Yeah, the toilet and stuff like that. And Begbie's like ferocious temper was much more dark and um, menacing in the first film. In the first film, you see Begbie like just freaking out and just being a complete and utter bastard. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. In this, it's just in, in T2, it's just all on his reputation. You never actually see Begbie like. Do anything. Do you think it's a case of um, scary, like you do in the first film? Like uh, they say about um, Spielberg becoming becoming an old man, becoming yeah. a grandpa, and um, Crist- Crystal Skull having um, no, no violence, basically, and one's head explodes and yeah. stuff like that. This is like um, old man um, Danny Boyle. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't have any desire to put violence in his film doesn't have any um, I don't know so about it, that it, it did feel like like if you talk about the direction of it I think it did it, it looked great I think he's a very fun exciting director and he's very playful in the way he makes films and it, and it looks looks very nice um, but, in but it was it felt, it felt to me like a, kind of a film made by an old man because um, this is the scene where they do the um, choose life, you know, mm. and he goes on about choose Facebook and choose updating your Twitter and like, yeah. To me, that felt like an old person, like just having a go at the, the world, like just yeah. I don't, I don't think it needed the choose life speech. It didn't need it. 
and I think there was a, it was judged. It was a, bit a lot of cringy how it was, it like was live in the film rather than just a voiceover. It was the only yes. cringy part of the film for me, mm. and I was worried at I first. I don't know. I think there was a few fan service moments which were a bit. Do you think they weren't like? It wasn't like Kelly McDonald just appeared in one shot, like C three P and R, C three P and R T D two in Rogue One. Mm. It's like they're just there. Um, she was. There's a reason for there's a reason there. for her being in it, and it didn't feel that kind of um, fan servicey, I guess. No, because I thought, I thought like, oh, remember her? The fact that she yeah. was like a lawyer, as well, I think showed the difference between her and the original crowd mm-hmm. and how their lives had gone. Because mm. those four were pretty much doing the same things they were doing 20 yeah. years ago, and she wasn't. Um, but see, I felt that there were there were nods to the original. A lots of quite a few of them, but I always felt they were done really well. Like they were done as memories, or mm-hmm. you know, they weren't. We were talking about there weren't scenes where they just like accidentally found themselves in the same situation as they did in the original, and everyone like looks at each other and goes, "Oh, like we're here again" or something. Mm. But there was apart from the one in the car park. Yeah. Apart from that one scene, I was going to say, which is a little bit weird. But, yeah. But um, yeah, I I I just thought. I think you're right. I don't know about the Danny Boyle thing, right? Because he did, um, he did 127, 127 hours. Yeah, he did that, and he had thingy like cutting off his own arm. Yeah, probably. He'd be quite gruesome. I think he just thought everybody's 20 years older, and I think he made a mistake with, um, really how he portrayed Begbie. Because there were some moments like Spud throwing up in that bag Mm -hmm. over his head. There were some moments, and to be fair, the book isn't as um, isn't as hard or grotesque as the original Trainspotting book. There's a slight difference. I think it's a bit, little bit lighter I and guess, funnier. I guess you don't want to put violence in funnier. there for the sake of it, for for grit, you know? Well, but the thing is, I think he they toned down Begbie so much yeah. that I think if you didn't... stuff. One of the things that made Begbie really frightening in this still was always my thoughts about what, what Begbie's capable of. What he did before. Yeah, but actually, I think if you watched it in isolation and you hadn't seen the original, there's one yeah. bit where I'm sure he'd like, be as terrifying. He's shouting at his wife, and he like moves his hand like that, and the camera like pans across with yeah. his hand, and that bit, it's like it just emphasises the kind of the potential that he's got to just. Uh, but he never actually does it. I thought all the stuff thought... with his son, I thought was properly tense, and you really felt for his son. I did feel for his son. I think. And... Scary. And... It's weird saying it. I don't think there was enough violence in Begbie and his relationship with his wife and his son no. in the film. I know that there's reasons why you wouldn't show that, and I understand that. But if they were pushing the boundaries with it, I think I think they might include it. Yeah. However, I think the real big mistake with Begbie was was the human aspect to him at the end. Without trying to spoil it too much, um, when he. He kind of came in and wished his son luck, uh, wished his son well, and said there was no hard feelings, and and went away, and was really like nice to them both, mm. because I just don't think Begbie would do. I didn't feel like he would do that. I thought that. See, I didn't. I didn't get his that. character because maybe because I haven't read the books and I haven't seen the first film as much as you guys have. And so in the second book, Begbie's still properly horrible, and he does beat up his wife and mm. he does do all those violent, horrible things. Mm. So. In the movie, it just felt it was a bit toned down. Yeah, yeah I can understand why you well, wouldn't do all it. That, but... You know, having a go at character development or whatever, still pretty 
enjoyable broadly from, speaking one of our, film. one yeah. of the better sequels of a, more of a film I've original, seen I would say it is but then that's what I mean about the book I think I think porno is much more fun than um, Trainspotting's pretty hard all the way through mm. porno's got a lot more lighter moments in it do you think it would stand up on its own as a film ha- on its own, haven't ha- without having seen the first one. No, I think I There's think too many references. And I think you need to have you think, seen what, it. Why is, why is he dancing around in his bedroom? Like, what's going on? Yeah, and I think the yeah. a lot, like I said about Begbie, Begbie's reputation. All of the characters, you're expected to know them and and their relationships between each other. Yeah, and it's like from right, we'll go from here in this point of their lives, but you already know them. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I think so, but I feel, I feel like we've criticised it a little bit, but. We have been a bit harsh because it is, it is still really good. I really enjoyed the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. I, I came away with regrets, but I think I was always going to do that because I knew when we went in that it was impossible that it was going to live up to my expectations. Um, the title is appalling. What title? T2. T2, train spotting. Yeah, well. It really irritates me. It doesn't mean what? It means no, it's so It just feels so lazy and like pointless. I wonder why. A guy like that as well to come out and like Irvin Welsh to agree to it seems weird. He's in it as well, of course. Again, loves a little loves a little cameo, doesn't he? He's come a long way, hasn't he? Mikey Forrester. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we move on? Yeah. Should we do B movie, Joe? B movie. Yeah. Um, B movie. Yeah. Jerry Jerry Seinfeld plays a B, and basically, It's, it's, it's a it's B movie. But we're talking about it in a film review. That's um, what's that? That's a reference to the meme, which basically B movie is now. It's like um, I oh, told you, you about this, this, right? Yeah, yeah. So I there's did. a million videos on YouTube of um, B movie, but every time they say B, Oops. it gets faster, or something happens. They they play a whole episode of Keenan and Cal, or really? Is that just because they say the word B quite a lot? Yeah, and. Uh, theories about um this new craze this meme craze of um there's, there's another one where it's like um like the whole script like it's really short wasn't it what there's loads of b-movie memes that are like this is the entire script oh is it yeah oh, oh i haven't seen any of that i mean i don't know what it means okay Oh, it's, but uh, I guess it's uh, because it's such a silly it sounds so silly I, I was reading on um, IMDB today the, tri- the um, trivia for B-movie that yeah. um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld was having dinner on Steven Spielberg's house and he made a joke that you know that um, what if there was a B-movie and it was a, a literal B and like a, a guy who was a B and, and Steven Spielberg was like yeah yeah you should make it <laughs> that's how it got started. That's how it. That's how it got started. I guess. But he plays a he plays a young bee who's about to go to work in this like colony. It's like it's very much like ants. Work. So um, yeah, you've got this one society of insects. There's one kind of outcast, free thinking uh, guy played by a Jewish comedian. Which I was thinking you could do. Mm-hmm. You could do a trilogy of ants bee movie, and then. Larry David plays oh. an animated spider. Okay. Or something like that. Mole. That's an in, it's not an insect. Mm, okay. All right, spider. Yeah. Termite. Ladybird. They live in like a colony type thing, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, possibly. 
He doesn't want to go to work anyway, does he? He feels like... <laughs> and then he goes out of the hive and he sees that humans are like selling honey and eating honey. And like, <laughs> they're like, what the hell? We, what? Make, we so, slave every day to make honey for them. For them. They just take it. They don't so, even pay us for it. So he wins a court case in a court, in a human court, <laughs> um, and frees the bees so they don't have to make honey anymore, yeah. basically. Let's not uh, let's not let's not detail the whole. No, and then that, I was just going to say, and then and then it goes, and then it goes off and kind of um, progresses from there, doesn't it? Yeah, but I I loved it. It was great. I really enjoyed the whole thing. It's got it's funny. It's there are loads of lovely little lines in it. Under yeah, uh, don't know. Do you, do you just like, like Jerry Seinfeld? I so. do oh, like yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. It we was do fine. Like Jerry it was alright. There's uh, some funny moments, like... genuinely funny moments. A few nice cameos. I think I it's hope some she's kind of, I think there's a there's a priming effect where if you know if you've seen Jerry Seinfeld a lot and you know what it's like you kind of expect a certain type of joke and when you hear it you recognize it and you you enjoy it. I'd like to know why so, a 50-year-old Jerry Seinfeld was playing a graduate. <laughs> oh that was strange. Like a, hey, yeah, it's got a youngish kind hey, of voice, whoa. hasn't it? Kind of a high voice. Was well, yeah. so it why they were driving around in cars? Cuz they said you know you, humans don't run around all the time, you get exhausted. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fly everywhere. Yeah, I suppose so. So, um, basically, the, the, the whole—it's it, the only kind of—it's the only movie I think that I've seen him in. Uh, yeah, certainly probably, the only animated is. movie that I've seen him in. It might be the only movie he's been in. Um, so if you want a, a Jerry Seinfeld movie, that's probably your only option. And it's—it's it's a treat. It's—it's—it's it's, it's lovely. Really, really funny. Do you know what he clever? wrote it? Um, I think. Yeah. There's Did he? So many Seinfeld type. He must have, he must have written jokes loads of jokes. Why well, they do? Um, they do lots of um, humanizing bee jokes. Like um, they turn they turn things that would happen in human incidents into bees. So there's this this scene with the sandwich board um, and the news line. The news headline was something like "Bee goes berserk, sting seven, then sell." <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. This is really funny. It's just a it's a lovely little film. What is it like ninety minutes? Yeah, it's on Netflix. You know, we like a 90-minute movie. Um, some great cameos. Larry King. <laughs> Big Larry King. Sting. Ray yeah. There's Yeah, that great cameo of Larry King, and then like he's interviewing Jerry Seinfeld's character. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, you know, they've got a, a human just like you. <laughs> like in the real world. He's got all those lights behind him and everything. He was like, leans over the desk. It was really funny. And even in the chair, he sat like you'd expect Jerry Seinfeld to sit in a... Uh, one of those panel mm. panel show things. And the Ray Liotta cameo is good. Yeah. And the Sting one. Why are you even using the, word, the name Sting? It's great. I liked it. I liked it. Just on that, by the way, I know we're going to come to Sing. Um, you know Matthew McConaughey? He was talking about Sing. Yeah. Just about animations in general. Mm. And um, they asked him about what's it like? Like, is it hard work? You know? And he said, uh, no, nah, it's just like a big party. You just like turn up. You just have a great time. It's a great laugh with it all. You can don't have to be serious. You can tell he wasn't really... Uh, <laughs> you can tell he wasn't really trying with the movie, yeah. Called it in. What I like about B-movie, right? Yeah, sorry, go on. Everything is, is in the service of jokes. Much like Seinfeld, there's no kind of over-emotional... There's an awkward uh, B-human relationship. Well, yeah, they, they went for it. They just they just go for it. I thought that was so... Hey, yeah, I like how they do like, that. You'd imagine most studios would be like, no, we can't have a B-human 
relationship. Like, will they, won't they? She's like, weird, really, really attractive. Was it Renee Zellweger? Renee Zellweger. I don't know what it is about her. Because the, the animation and the, the quality of it's not very good. Like, it's kind of ugly to watch. It it's feels very... like an early, like... But it's only 10 years ago. Yeah. It's a strange animation. I wouldn't say ugly, it's just quite simplistic. It looks yeah. like what you'd see on like CBeebies now. Or yeah. Like cheap, yeah. cheap maybe. Yeah. Low budget. And, but that's not, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. No. It's it's good, good film. It's good. It is good. It's really good. All right. Shall we quickly do Sing? Well, we've got to do on the water front. to it. Because we all watched it, didn't we? I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got halfway through it. Okay. Leave it. I didn't all think right. it was that good. Okay. What did you think? I thought Just it was very pretty, quickly. I thought it was pretty good. Um, like, what do you think it was worth the hype? Well, uh, I think the hype around it is that Marlon Brando is doing a style of acting which you don't really, you haven't really seen before. But we've seen it before. He was doing a very, like, maybe that was it then. He was doing very like naturalistic. Everyone bombs Hitchcock, right? Because he did it. He did whatever he did first. Yeah. But we've already seen it done in more exciting films with higher budgets and. More fun things going on, like so. He does do some good bit. He does. I remember thinking at the time because I actually I remember now you told me about that, mm. but that was after I'd said to you, "Oh, there's that really cool scene where he's talking to the woman outside." I think it's after the church scene. Oh, he's like playing with his gloves. Yeah, and he's just really gloves. like. I always felt at that point like he was talking to a like a normal person would talk to. Yeah. Her. He was he was reacting the way a normal person would, and then the, you said, "Well, that was the whole hype about it." But the way the plot unfolds is kind of like any other movie. Yeah, I think that was my problem with it. That special. I mean, you didn't you didn't watch the whole thing. I missed the, uh, no, I turned it off after about an hour. Which is uh, unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever. But um, <laughs> whatever. At least it's got an hour into it. Some people didn't watch it. Any of it. I don't mention any names, but there's three of us around this table. I saw him persuade that that uh, man that he'd got his pigeon. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah, come on, I'll let you up. And then like the gangsters go up. You literally watched the first oh, you, five you minutes. You watched the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, nah, I've seen enough. Yeah. Oh, I'm, right. not, I'm not going to pretend I loved it because it's an old classic film. No. I didn't think it was that good. Um, it was alright. So that's on the waterfront. Nothing great. That you know what it reminded me? Is is the wire? It reminded me of the wire season two because it's got. Um, Long the, the ports, the ports, and a lot of language I don't understand. Steve and doors, Steve one of those. Steve yeah, doors. they jump right into it, jacket. and they're I saying check. all this stuff that I don't understand. And there's like mafia guys, and like yeah. And then it, I thought the first twenty minutes were quite interesting, and then it goes into a kind of cliched uh, um, crime melodrama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps not cliched at the time. Maybe it. it created those tropes and uh, I don't know as, as far as the plot goes it was story cliche a bit cliche yeah okay Sing 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 so Buster Moon played by Matthew McConaughey doing very quickly owns a uh, owns theatre but he needs a new show because he's running out of money so he comes up with an idea of a talent show um, but a typo on the flyer changes the prize fund from a thousand pounds to a hundred thousand pounds dollars dollars um, and then the movie kind of focuses on the storylines of the five finalists. Do, do they have to honour that? Well, I don't well, want to give away. Actually, do they ever... Don't want to give away the plot. Do they ever... Well, they just go, oh, it was a typo. It's only £1,000. Well, he... He... He, um, <laughs> he could have done that. 
Yeah. What he chose to do was not that. He chose to just hide it from them, basically. And then it kind of came out. So he tried to get... But by that point, he'd kind of got a sponsor, but he didn't get a chance to tell them that he'd got a sponsor, and it all kind of went a bit bad for Sounds him. Sounds a bit confused, um, the whole thing. Well, the, yeah, yeah, there was a, it was a little bit. Um, the five finalists, there was a gorilla who was a young British guy whose dad played voiced by Idris Elba. Was it? Was a criminal... Yeah, did you not notice that? Well, was it, was he like a, was. A it sounded just like him. Yeah. Uh, no, that would have no, been. No, 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 no. That would have been too interesting. His dad was like a British gangster, Ray yeah, Winston style. What sort of music did he do? Just general music. He, he sung "I'm Still Standing" in the final. On the played the piano. Yeah, he had quite a, a nice voice, didn't he? Anyway, so there was that guy. There was like a pit. Uh, don't know. Is that gorilla? Yeah. Is that who played him? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. A good voice, didn't he? Did, did I'm still standing good? Sure. Gorilla. Better than I ever did. It was good. It was good. That that was my favourite bit. Really? Mm. That and sequence. I was I was laughing at that bit because it was so bad. Like yeah, but it was the bit I enjoyed the most. Before that, Joe, I um, bannered you with my phone. Oh yeah, didn't what I, was that? Halfway through the film. Well, well I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk. What did it say? This shit is not bananas. Yeah. <laughs> it said. Well, it just wasn't that good, was it? Gwen Stefani reference. Yeah, it was. Andy, have you been looking at the quiz answered on my screen? No, I can't read your screen, mate. Can't too, you? Too, the font's too small. No. Yeah? Yeah. From here. Specky for eyes. I wouldn't anyway. Sorry. So, there was a pig with some piglets, like a woman. There was a shy elephant. There was a busking card playing mouse who owes money. You know, there was quite a lot of characters, wasn't there? There was too many characters. Okay, here's what was... Wrong, wrong with the film, I think. Um, Much. Okay, what it did right, um, I like, there was a cover version of Around the World, Daft Punk song. It's like an instrumental marimba, maybe, version. That's it was about a hundred songs in it. It was about a hundred songs in it, yeah. Um, what it did right was include a Daft Punk song. Yeah. <laughs> but it never finished a song. No. No, I mean, you never heard. Well, I'm Still Standing was almost What, what it felt like was they, they wanted to make a really good trailer for a movie. And they packed, they packed in all these songs and all these characters who they thought would appeal to yeah. kids or whatever. And then when they actually made the film, well, it, it, a guy called uh, Garth Jennings, yeah, who did Son of Rambo, a British British guy, yeah, he, did, he does a, a PG Tips adverts. So um, he did it. He he did it, and I I, well, I imagine the studio kind of said we want this character, we want this character, we want this character, and there's no kind of one character. There's like lots. if you compare it to lots School of, of Rock, that's how I would have gone for this film. Um, you have like this one character who needs who needs this job. He needs well, to bring no School of Rock, he needs it? to bring these people together to. Um, to yeah. to make his life kind of to make himself important or to make something of his life where the koala character who was uh, Matthew McConaughey didn't seem to give a shit about anything I mean they wanted him to be cool but he just didn't seem to care and well when, it was supposed because to be he about, didn't care we we yeah. didn't care either it was supposed to be about and, him and the um, saving the theater and I know but that woman only turns up halfway through it should it should have opened with the woman saying if we don't or like his dad okay so it opens on his dad saying like Son, I'm dying in hospital now. You've got to, you've got to do a performance and you know be. They could have done a then, lot more to add to it. And then they? you see that's him grow up sense. in a montage. And then the woman says, "If you don't, if you don't raise the money, 
we're going to shut this place down. Yeah. But that woman doesn't turn up till halfway through the film. We never see his dad, I don't think. Only in, um, like, uh, like flashbacks. I don't think you do see his dad. Yeah, at the very start, you do. Oh, OK, I just said they should have done that, and, and they... They did that. Apparently. Yeah, but no, they did, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it um, enough that meant it was um, kind of like etched into your brain. You didn't, you didn't really yeah. feel it, did you? you well, didn't that's really the feel thing. It. You I didn't no, feel anything. There was... I didn't think the voices were very good. No, frankly, I didn't think any of the. Voices I thought it was were Rashida Jones. It was Scarlett Johansson. Apparently. Was it? Yeah. I didn't notice any of them. None of them stood out. The voices. Connor Hay like, was the only one. He was at least going for it a little bit. Oh, and John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah, but John C. Riley played a kind of like John C. Riley, you know, character. He was like the nephew of a really rich woman, so he didn't need any money, and he was only like mm. in the film. He probably was only in the film for like two minutes, in the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was let down. Wasn't and it's, it? it's a bit dull. It, it starts. It flits around between five or six characters at the in the home life, and them singing and like. Well, I didn't, I didn't. You don't. You don't ever get attached to one person. I didn't mind that so much. I found. I felt more of an attachment to the the piglet mom, the pig mom, mm. because you saw a bit more of what she was going through, and the gorilla son. But like, for example, but it was the, too brief. Like, but the shy elephant. They made this thing about the shy elephant, but then they didn't really fill it out. Yeah. And the thing about the mouse and the money and all of that thing, and then that kind of like lost its way a little bit. And I'm pretty sure there was someone else that I forgot about. But it, was, it felt like um, almost a Rogue One thing where like the characters don't really in- interact with each other so much. Like School of Rock, you've got like a rock band of these kids and they kind of... Well, they didn't interact with each other at all, really, did they, from like uh, um camaraderie point of view? Yeah, maybe they should have grown grown together a bit more. And I, f- and I couldn't avoid the fact that I felt like I was watching an uh, episode of The X Factor, like behind the scenes of The X Factor, which really put me off. Hmm. Okay. So it wasn't that good then? I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't even bother when it comes out. Okay. Like when it's free to watch. Alright. It's much better. All watch right. B movie. Yeah. What's next? I don't think there is any more, is there? Unless you want to tell us about um... quiz. Oh sorry, yeah, I I've mean got uh... Lupin the Third, the Castle of Count Cagliostro. <laughs> That's a yeah, So there's a quiz. Um no, what's that, Joe? Lupin the Third, the Castle of Count Cagliostro or Cagliostro. Is this in a so me Miyazaki minute. In a Miyazaki minute. This is where I review a Hayao Miyazaki film. In, in a minute. I'm going to review Hayao Miyazaki's directorial debut, in Lupin the Third, The Castle of Count Cagliostro. Ooh. Go. Oh, okay. Uh, have you started a timer? Yeah, I'm watching it. Five seconds in. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. So, um, it's the first. Ten seconds. If you're going to keep doing that, then... We're not going to get a review, are we? Okay, okay. come on. So it's um, the movie of a TV show, a very famous kind of um, 70s Japanese anime about this. I think it's a detective called Lupin the Third, And it's uh, a movie version. And he goes on some kind of adventure in Europe in a castle. Uh, there's bits that I really like. There's a bit where it's a bit like Indiana Jones and he's uh, driving around in a Citroen C2. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like a 50s version, and it looks really cool, like the way it's drawn, the way it's animated. It just mm-hmm. looks really nice. 15 seconds. Uh, what, left? Left. Okay. Uh, there's a bit in the castle where it felt a bit like Scooby-Doo. There's a bit of 70s in its music, but um, very nicely animated. It's yeah. um, 
It's a lot of fun. A lot of good action adventure, which from a 70s In cartoon a sounds disregard too, too much. <laughs> anything he says from now. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? One of your favourites? No. Not one of my favourites. Bit in places, but had its moments. Had its um, it's just because... Castle you know, bit, you like the castle bit. Old films aren't as good as newer ones because they're <laughs> Cause slow, they get, I think. You get to a certain point and then films go shit again. Yeah, like before mid-70s mm. maybe, yeah. films weren't as good. Godfather. A bit slow. That's late 70s, right? No. Okay. Maybe that was the first... The first good film. I do like The Godfather. <laughs> it is kind of slow, but yeah, but in a in a kind of absorbing way. Call it a slow slow burn. Slow burn. Mm. Okay, right. Getting conscious of time here, boys. Yeah. So fifty-five time, minutes. Time for the quiz. All right. Okay. Are you happy with the quiz? Hang on. Who will come out fighting? <laughs> Who will deliver the knockout blow, and will it go the distance? Find out as we play. Quith Eubank. <laughs> well, we did Quith Eubank before. I don't think we have done Quith Eubank before. Who was the last one? Quizakabusi. Uh, we did. We've done Quizakabusi and Agatha Quizdy, and we've oh, done okay. You're a Quizard, Harry. See, I thought I thought you. I was worried. I thought you were being racist then. Quith Eubank. Yeah. But no, I was like a just doing a, yeah. I was just doing a Chris Eubank. It wasn't a very good impression. Okay. I really did it well earlier, but I felt rushed. No, that was good. Frankly. Okay. Movie I've been doing my uh, I've been doing my B movie one for weeks. Have you? And neither of you got neither it. Neither of us got it. What? The B movie. The B movie impression at the okay. start. Uh, Dodish, you're asking the questions. Movie links, okay? Movie links. Somebody links these movies. Oh, I like it. Have we got a buzz? Buzz with your oh, name. God. We've only got five questions. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Movie links. Ghostbusters and Kindergarten Cop. What? What is an actor? Could be. Joe, it's the 80s. No. Andy. Well, that, that's true. It's a link. It's not the link I'm looking for. Uh, is it Sigourney Weaver? No. <sighs> there may be more links than I realise for these films, but there's one link I've honed in on. You've got to go. Joe, John Landis. No. <laughs> You're killing the screen. No, 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 no sorry. <laughs> Till I turn uh, the computer. Andy, is it the woman that plays the secretary? No. Do you give up? Joe, yeah. is it the guy who's has no penis? Is it him? The jerk. No. Andy, is it Egon? No. No, Did what is it? Yeah. Is Ivan Reitman. I said Ivan Reitman. No, you didn't. Oh, I was gonna. I was literally gonna. <laughs> you didn't say it. I said John Landis. Yeah. That's That's not Ivan Reitman. No, is that who you meant? It's the other one. No. Okay. Alright. Nil all. Yes. Number two. The Truman Show and The Rock. Ooh. Joe, Ed Harris. Yes. Oh, well done. One point. Question three. Spider-Man and the Evil Dead. Joe. Yes. Sam Raimi. Yes. I'm not seeing Evil Dead. Director. Mm. Nice. Number four. The Grand Budapest Hotel and Jurassic Park. Joe. Yes. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Ah, Goldblum. I forgot he was in um, Thingy. Question five. Oh, it's out of it. (laughs) Captain America Civil War. And Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann version. That's a... Uh, oh, that is tough. They're all tough to me. Joe. John Leguizamo. No. Is he in it? Is it Benicio Del Toro? It's John Leguizamo, isn't it? He plays Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. Okay. But it's not him. He's not the link? No. He's not in Captain America, is he? 
Civil War. Claire Danes? Nope. Uh, I can't remember anyone in Romeo and Juliet as as in uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, so probably not going to get. Give that. up. Give up. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Oh, I was going to say Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he, well, he's definitely not in uh, Romeo and Juliet. Plays Paris. Oh, I could have got a point. Three zip. If only a point, Andy. Three zip. One day you'll get a point. One day I'll get a point. What is the score on the quiz? I'll tell you. Who cares, really? Points aren't important, are I, they, Joe? I care. <laughs> I don't care about the points. Let's keep track, so... It's all about the participation. Oh, Joe is ahead. I've got a really good quiz title for next week, by the way. Wait till you hear next week's. You're going to love it. I'm not going to give you any clues. Joe is ahead on wait. nine points. I'm second on seven points. Two? You're on two points. Two points. You've been Just on two points? For a long time. Oh, I don't even know how I got the two points. No. Is it one where we, we, we write oh, questions for you I think, and for I the think other... I think had a clue quiz and oh. you had a, like, something... Like a really difficult. Like and, uh... yeah. yeah, it was in the early days when the quizzes were easier. Certainly for me, anyway. All right. I think that's it, isn't it? We've got no top five this week. We're going to be back with a new feature next week. What is it? Well, we'll, say, we'll save that for next week, shall we? Oh, I know. Brand new feature for Did next you like week. It? To replace top five. I loved yeah, it. I thought it was I really we good. Have done that one like that before? Have you? Oh, oh. Uh, Are we doing the. Um... What? The, Ma- uh... the made up movie point distribution? No, the um, fantasy football Oscars so. box office. No. I cannot see how this is going to work. If anyone has got We're an idea for um, uh, a game we could play. We're not doing it. Whereby we all pick an actor or director, or we have pick a few, and then give me evils. <laughs> looking. Okay. I think okay. there's a better way. I think there's a way to make this work. I'm not sure, but that you've you've got it yet. But I think you should work on it rather than, rather than <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it just gets really. It hurts the back of the neck. Yeah. And then sometimes it just makes you quite sweaty. Have you got other one? Well, because the mm. levels go all over the place. You look though. like Jordan the Forge, relaxing. But like that, it's all right sometimes. Well, it may look like Lobot relaxing. Hey. Hot ears. Yeah, because it gets quite hot under here. Like Lobot. really, um, really quite warm. Good knowledge on the quiz, Joe. Yeah, well done, Joe. All right, I think that's it for this week. Back next week, new feature, new points um, award system for made-up movies. I will keep mine briefer next time. I'm not going to limit myself to a page and a half, I think. Well, I might put a time limit on it. Yeah. I might if I'm dis- dishing out points. I might put a two-minute time limit. Two minutes. Maybe three. Okay. Well, be no page, problem for you. I don't know what you're exhaling for. That's I was exhaling. If you him. thirty-second time limit for you, you'd be scrabbling around trying to fill. <laughs> yeah, you're going to struggle. Okay. You're going to struggle. All right. See you next week. Mm-hmm.